you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy Hellman. hello everybody fall is upon us officially october uh you know i'm recording this in advance for those of you who are regular listeners because i just had a baby So instead of going on maternity leave and leaving you high and dry with no content, I'm batching in advance so I can spend some time with my little bundle. But I happen to know based on the release date that it is fall. And typically I hate fall. Typically fall is a time of deep depression for me because I am such a summer person and I love the sun and I love the beach and I love all of that. And... I hate wearing sweaters and pants and mittens and having to think about coats and jackets and, you know, no vitamin D or sun. So anyway, um, the thing that I've learned to love about fall, which, you know, I did used to put this on my questionnaire with my clients and ask them what season was their favorite. And fall was like always the winner, always. But I'm finally getting behind fall now that I live in Connecticut because Connecticut is all about fall. They love their leaves. There's a festival every weekend in every small village with pumpkins and all sorts of hay rides, and they really lean in hard. Uh, end of summer is a ton of like fairs, which I also love, and then I still got my summer fix. But I love that it continues through October and that Um, New England, or at least Connecticut, is so enthusiastic about it because it makes the blow a little less severe. And when I lived in Westchester, even though it's only 45 minutes away and the leaves change at the same time and everything's about the same, they really just don't do it quite like they do it in Connecticut. So I'm very grateful to be here because it makes every weekend something to look forward to. So I'll bundle up my new little pumpkin, put her in the stroller, and do all the stuff that I did with my kids all the other years. And by all the other years, I mean one year. We've only been in Connecticut one year. But it already feels like there are things that I don't want to miss and traditions that I want to seek out. And I want to embrace all the great stuff about our new area, Connecticut, as opposed to the area which we very much miss, but didn't have these sorts of fun 
every weekend events in Westchester. So there we go. That's what's going on over here. I hope you're getting a hayride or pumpkin fest or something uh, where you are. So without further ado, let's lean into the mailbag. And you're wondering, Betsy, where do you get these questions? Where can I submit? I want to ask something. I have a dilemma. Well, you go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. And you put your question right there with your pictures, and I will get to it once I'm back from my maternity leave. Okay, so my first question came from Duncanville, Texas, and Dawn is writing me. And Dawn says, Betsy, I've tried to purchase the three 45-minute videos, but I can't find it even though it's been mentioned on the podcast. Please help. Okay, Dawn, let me clear this up for you. So if you guys are interested in the bundle of three online classes, 45 minutes a piece, as well as a signed copy of my book, I think it's $99. All you have to do is go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, that's affordableinteriordesign, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. When you go there, there will be a button where you can purchase the 45-minute classes individually for less than the $99 total. So you can pick and choose the classes that you want to take. It's feng shui, it's styling, it's one about furniture, or you can choose to buy the book separately. You have your options, or you can get that value pack, which is a great deal at $99 where you're getting all three classes as well as the book. So that's what I recommend. But Dawn, I hope you have been able to locate it. Once again, for everyone listening, if you want to take those classes, which are perfect for the hobbyist, which are chock full of tips, which go beyond what I've talked about here on the podcast, but are still very accessible and are perfect for somebody who just wants to take some nuggets and keep it moving. You also get six months access to these classes. So even if you want to take one now and then you know, you want to go to some pumpkin festivals and take one in November, that's absolutely no problem. If you want to watch them multiple times, again, no problem. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes and you can sign up right there. All right, Don, now that I've answered your question, let me move on to another question. Next question comes from, oh my gosh, I'm not going to say this right, Mount Uinaki in Nova Scotia, Canada. Bobby is writing. All right, Bobby, let's answer your question. You write, hi, Betsy, congratulations on your pregnancy. I think I have enough questions to make an episode per day for your entire maternity leave, but I will try and keep this short. My questions are about my main living area. We've opened the walls so the kitchen, dining, and living room are all one open space instead of three separate rooms. You'll see the exposed beams and unfinished drywall. We're still working on that. Now that it is so open, I'm having a hard time figuring out what to do as each room each room has aspects that are not my favorite and can't be hidden, but I can't change that right now. Right now, my partner has his office in the dining room and he is messy. We will be building a garage and transferring his office there, but not for another year or so. And we don't have any other spare rooms to put his office in. My dining table is currently in the middle of the kitchen. The kitchen is very temporary as we will be putting in brand new everything within the next year or two. I'm not too focused on the kitchen, but I would like the rest of the space to be more cohesive. Some of the items will go to the garage once built, the Windsor bench, the desk, the filing cabinets, the treasure chest. 
We simply do not have anywhere else to put them at the moment, but I'm trying to make everything work the best I can for now. What do you buy, replace first, second, third when living with mixed styles? I can't afford to replace everything at once. I'm 37 and I just bought my first couch. Think your grandmother's rust orange flower couch is what I had before. I don't love, or I'm sorry, I don't have a two-word style phrase yet because I don't know what it would even be. How do I even pick a style that I love? Do you have suggestions on how to home in on one style and where to start transitioning from what you are to what you want to be? I think I love a lot of different things from so many different styles, but I don't want to be a maximalist house. Help, I'm so confused. I also don't currently have an inspiration piece. I've dabbled with color in the past and have made major mistakes, and I'm afraid of any kind of color. Anything that catches my eye is white, black, beige, brown, or gray. I know you've talked about Roy G. Biv color palettes and 60, 30, 10, but how do you pick those out if you are not attracted to any colors? The current palette I have picked out is black, white, tan, camel color, and the wall color is Benjamin Moore Collingwood. What Roy G. Biv colors would you suggest to go with those? There are so many little things I need to finish, but in the meanwhile, I would love to start working towards a more cohesive space. One of your summer episodes talked about having a plan when designing so it doesn't end up a chaotic mash of styles. Where do you start fresh when you don't have a plan? Please help me. All right, Bobby, I am here to help. And yes, you have a lot of questions and you can certainly send in as many questions as you like because you know that I'm trying to batch these episodes. So send me more. But right now, this is definitely a lot for me to sink my teeth into. So looking through your pictures, and guys, if you want to see Bobby's pictures, just head over to our YouTube channel, Affordable Interior Design on YouTube. But let's describe what I'm seeing here. So yes, it's an open concept space now, and I can easily see where the walls came down, but I have a feeling that that's going to be less conspicuous once the tape and construction materials are gone. So we have, you know, pretty much a square space in my opinion. Hold on, let me look at these other images. But each space feels relatively separate and unique based on the current furniture layout, also based on sort of the positioning of the hardwood, where some of it's going vertically and some of it's going horizontally, which is kind of dictating what functions go where. It kind of is creating a visual separation. So is the tile in the kitchen. Um, okay, so let's dig in here. Let me give some additional details. It sounds like these, well, you know, I'm conflicted. Do I give you additional details, guys, when I know that the kitchen's going to be blown out, the living room furniture is not what you want, the office is moving into the garage? I don't think we need to know what's here currently besides the architecture. So the kitchen has like a bay window and does seem to extend past this sort of office space situation. And then opposite the kitchen office space situation, we have that nice big living room. So I'm excited for your open space, but open space creates a lot of problems, problems that my clients don't see in advance. Because when you have an open space, you lose usable walls. 
A usable wall means a wall that can do some work for us. It means it doesn't have windows. It doesn't have doors. It has some sheetrock or plaster or something we can actually put something against or plug something into or whatever. So we do have that obstacle, but I think that this space has enough usable walls that it's not too debilitating here, especially because part of this open square shape is a railing to a stairway that's leading downstairs. And you're kind of able to use that as a partial wall in terms of right now you have your sofa up against it, your sectional. Do I recommend that if you have young children? Absolutely not, because it can be kind of a catapult to jumping over that railing and, of course, could be a danger zone. But as long as you have older children, things like that, it won't be as much of an issue. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Okay, so let me go back to your email because you did ask a lot of questions. You have a lot of conundrums. Let me start with kind of the biggest question I was hearing. The biggest question I was hearing is, Betsy, how do I even begin, right? This is going to be an evolution. I can't afford to do it all at once, but I want to do it in a cohesive way. Here's what I would recommend. My home too has been an evolution and I've learned the good, the bad, the ugly from doing it that way. Because as most of you know, in my firm, after me talking about my projects um, so much is typically, you know, we create that plan and then people execute that plan. And really the timeline moves very quickly and there's not a lot of space or gap they can order on their own, but ideally they would quickly move so that those items don't go out of stock. For me, the reason that I did my personal project in stages is because I felt like I could spend a lot more. This is going to be a home where I'm going to stay for a long time. So the stakes were high. Also, I had a much bigger space, so it was very intimidating. I completely did the top floor, but the bottom floor I could wait on. And so I've been doing that piecemeal, and it has caused so many problems. Um, And the reason it's caused so many problems is because I made some decisions. Like, let me just give you an example. I made a decision about the living room drapes and I had them custom sewn on Etsy from a custom fabric. It really wasn't all that expensive, but they're just gorgeous and embroidered and I was so into them and they would be the inspiration piece for my entire space. Well, here's the issue. Then I got this amazing rug, right, to go with those drapes that felt formal because this is for like a more formal uh, uh, living room and I felt really excited about this rug and I got a great deal. Then we got a cat. The cat totally destroyed this rug, like loves the loops. It's very infuriating. But I can no longer use this rug because it looks so bad. And because I didn't pull the trigger on other things, or I actually did, this room needs three rugs because it's very long. It's like over 40 feet long, but it's not very deep. So I wanted to separate the zones in this very lengthy room with rugs, but then the rugs went um, out of stock. And then I bought a different rug and uh, it was really cheap looking. So basically it's just been an evolution, which has taken me a lot more time and I've run into a lot more obstacles. I wish I would have just sat down like I do in my office and sourced everything and purchased everything and just had it all descend at once. Now, would I still have the problems of sometimes a cheap looking rug or the cat scratching things? Yes. But then at least I would have that big picture. 
Now, it's not always possible, just like it wasn't possible for me. So the thing I want you to get real clarity on right away is your two-word phrase. And you mentioned that you like so many things that you're not sure what to do. Look around the room and decide what pieces you're definitely going to keep. Is it the sectional? Is it the contemporary glass etagers flanking the fireplace? Is it the dining table, which looks much more transitional as well as the chairs, which even kind of skew traditional because they're so ornately carved, whereas the glass etagers look a little Ikea in terms of not cheap, but contemporary. And the sectional looks very contemporary with straight lines and, you know, boxy type shapes in gray. So, you know, my challenge is that you really need to get that two-word phrase under your feet. So no matter what you choose, you're choosing things that will feel cohesive. And yes, you do need to pick a two-word phrase that's going to service this entire area. Once you've committed to that, the next thing that you want to do is commit to an inspiration piece. So you will need to make a choice. You know, I'm so glad I have those drapes. They are dictating my color palette. Whether it's a big piece of art that I can prominently see all over the space, whether it's drapes that are dressing multiple windows in this large square space, you need to commit to maybe a big rug in the living area that will be that inspiration piece. Because then it will dictate what pieces you keep and what pieces need to go based on the color palette, right? So first things first, two-word phrase. Second thing is um, inspiration piece. But let me take it back one second because there is another issue I'm seeing that's actually more important than either of these two things and should be tackled first. The issue that I'm seeing is this layout is wonky. And you yourself know that because you're moving a lot of these functions into other areas. So my recommendation would be that you create the layout first. Oh, and I have another thing. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to give you because you have this other anomaly. So number one, create the layout for sure. Number two, you're doing a full kitchen demo very soon. I would... And by very soon, you said one to two years, even though everything else is going to happen more imminently, it sounds like. What I would do is go ahead and make those kitchen selections. It's not like they're going to go out of stock, the color of your cabinets, the type of countertop, the type of backsplash. Chances are those will still be available. You know, chances are you'll have no problem accessing, you know, gray cabinets, wood tone cabinets, that kind of countertop you're hoping for in terms of a marble look or whatever, right? So I would go ahead and make those selections because that really needs to be, you know, it's going to be a huge money suck and time suck, not only to buy those materials, but then to get them installed. So that's what you want to be that perfect vision. Then everything else plays off of that. So for instance, if you decided to go gray with some of the elements in the kitchen, then maybe keeping the gray sectional makes so much sense, which is kitty corner, that kitchen. And then gray is kind of that neutral background, especially with the Collingwood pink color, so that we can then layer the Roy G. Biff. Okay, so here is my recommendation. First, kitchen design. Because that layout, if you're adding an island or anything like that, will deeply impact the rest of the floor plan for this big open space. First, kitchen layout, even though you're doing it last. Isn't that funny? You're implementing it last, but you're designing it first. And I think that's really important. 
Second, you're going to do furniture layout. So you're going to determine the different functions for each of the zones and how big everything needs to be. Third, you're going to come up with your two-word phrase, and you're going to commit to that to use it throughout this large space. Fourth, you're going to pick an inspiration piece, so then you have a color palette. And fifth, you're going to go shopping. You're going to create a shopping list. I highly recommend picking out everything that you'd like to purchase, even if you're going to be staging out those purchases, so that even if something goes out of stock before you can buy it, you can find something similar. And when deciding, Betsy, what color palette, Betsy, what style, Betsy, what direction should I go in? Think about the items you really want to keep. Think about those big ticket or furniture items that are important to you that you're not getting rid of, and that will lead the way. Now, you mentioned that you're really scared of color, and boo freaking who, you've got to get over it. Betsy Smackdown, it's been a while, right, guys? It's been a while. Boo freaking who, you've got to get over it. A lot of my clients just want to use neutrals, and maybe, just maybe, they feel fine using a bit of blue. Fine. Whatever. I will make the camel color, you know, a Roy, um, one of the 60-30-10. I will make a certain gray if I, you know, really stick to that same shade, the 60-30-10. But I do insist on at least one Roy G. Biv color. I'm not sure why you're so scared, especially because, you know, relying on all neutrals means that the space needs to be pretty impeccable because it's not very eye-catching, right? Um, neutral is very subdued and subtle, so we're looking at more detail. And if everything's not really impeccable, it's going to look like you just didn't make any choices, like you were afraid to use color, uh, which you are. And like you just didn't commit to a vision, which you haven't. So I think once you do those initial steps, committing to a color palette that has a little bit of color will come more easily. Because for me, in a space that's not going to be perfect ever, because you mentioned some of the structural issues, et cetera, I think you do need at least two Roy G. Biv colors in here. And then maybe your third color could be like that neutral camel or that neutral, very specific gray. All right. So while I may not answer, have answered everything, even though I think I kind of did, uh, I think I've answered the core questions that you need to be asking yourself before you dig in and get more granular. Then as you're working on the space and as you've gotten some of the answers to those initial questions I laid out, you can write me again and you can show me your progress and we'll discuss some more. But guys, you want to not overwhelm yourself while still creating that plan that you can commit to and stick to as the space and as your budget evolves. It's always so wonderful to talk to you guys. Uh, I'll be talking to you again next week. In the meanwhile, just send me your questions. Go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. And I'll be talking to you again very soon. Until then, bye. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller to Aton and the MDCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends, 
or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.